Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. All right, church family. So grateful we got to share uh, that moment together and, uh, and the joy of just getting to know them. I can't wait for you to know them. I, I want to say this. I think we have a slide out uh, in the back there. Let, let me just show you our Connect Ministry team. Of course, we added two today. But if our team in the back wouldn't mind throwing that up there, I've already messed up every order of everything, but this is some of our team right here, as you can see. I think we have a, a few more slides, but I just always want to keep them before you to know to pray for them and to do everything you can uh, to encourage them in, in their walk with the Lord and in their time as they serve in the life of Connect Church. And so, so grateful for our team and so grateful we get to do this together today. And now we kind of V-line towards the Word of God. Uh, this is my first Sunday with you in the new year, and so I've really been praying about uh, what to preach today, and so really felt impressed to go where we're going to go today, put a pause on John chapter 3 for a Sunday, and to really dive into uh, the Word of God. We la last week, we launched a challenge to read the Bible in a year as a church, and by the way, if you've not signed up for that challenge, there is still time to do so. I encourage you to hop in. Let's read the Bible together in a year, I promise you won't regret it. But as I spent time with the Lord reading through this Bible reading plan, man, through his spirit, through his word, he's been teaching me. He's been growing me. And I've loved it. And so today, I'm going to take the Bible reading plan we have that we've been kind of going through as a church together. I'm going to take one article, one article from a resource we push to you all the time. It's gotquestions.com um, and watch this, you ready? It's gotquestions.org, in fact. But watch what I did. I took one article that I'm gonna read from and from just our reading plan in this one article, I'm gonna preach my message this morning. We encourage you to go to God Questions as you're reading the Word of God. And, man, you read something that's like, that's weird. Uh, you read something that you have more questions about. Maybe you have questions of the faith or faith. This is a concise, conservative place to go to find some really good biblical answers to the questions that you have. But that is it. I did not avail myself of any of my library, my commentaries, my software, my resources, any kind of preacher stuff. Man, I, I didn't avail myself of any of that. I'm just preaching from the Word and from the one article to a site we always point you to for today's message. Now, there's a lot of good stuff in the book of Genesis. If you've read any of it, you know there's a lot of good stuff in there. But perhaps one of your least favorite parts of Genesis are the genealogies. Now, you may say, Anthony, what is it? What's a genealogy? Well, it's the original Ancestry.com, right? It's this long list of someone's family tree. And for instance, it might sound a little like this, that this guy was the father of this guy and he lived for this many years. He had other sons and daughters and then he lived and then he died and it goes on and on and on. Genesis chapter five, where we've read this past week, covers 10 generations, all the way from Adam to Noah. Genesis chapter 10 covers 10 generations from Noah to Abraham. You know why I say that? Because that means there's a lot of names you and I can't pronounce found in the accounts of Genesis. Man, they're just hard to even understand sometimes. It's a lot of names. These genealogies, these family trees, they do serve an important purpose, though. Number one, every time we read them, we're reminded that God keeps his promises. 
Every time we read them, God keeps his promises. And number two, that God is at times behind the scene orchestrating all of history for his glory and our good. And so they are important, even though some of the names are hard to pronounce. But as I read through these lists of genealogies this past week in our Bible study, Time as a Church, there were a couple of welcome disruptions that I found. Two breaks in the normal flow of these genealogies that really stuck out in my mind, and I thought I would just uh, I would share them with you. Hey, the first disruption I read this past week was with a man, man by the name of Nimrod found in Genesis chapter 10. This disruption I speak of comes via this break in the normal flow of these lists. For it was mention of Nimrod, something more than he just lived and he died and he had a kid, right? There was more to his story. Now, as I read the Bible and I read his, his story and his description, it really caught my eye. Not only was Nimrod, now get this, the great-grandson of Noah, but he seems to be pretty impressive himself. Take a look at what the Bible says here in Genesis chapter 10. That Cush, who is the grandson of Noah, fathered Nimrod, the great-grandson of Noah. And watch this, he was the first on the earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom, now watch this, was Babel, which would later be short for Babylon, Erech, Akkad, Kalanath, and the land of Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria, and he built Nineveh. If you've ever been around the Bible, Babel and Nineveh kind of stick out, don't they, a little bit? These kingdoms that he founded, these lands that he developed. And you look at this, you go, what a success story Nimrod seems to be. First, he's called a mighty man, meaning he was large in stature, physically impressive, perhaps seen as a giant among men, a lot like me. And then he was called a mighty hunter before the Lord. Those titles stick out to me. You know why? Number one, I'm a man. Number two, man, I love hunting. I love hunting. Still got a whole lot of work to do. In fact, I took my four-year-old son, Bennett. Listen, he is the best little four-year-old in the world to put in a hunting blind with you. When he's awake, he won't watch an iPad. As long as I have little snacks for him and paper towels so it doesn't make too much noise, he will sit there and watch for deer for hours with his daddy. He's a great little hunter. Until... He falls asleep. Let me just give you a depiction of the, uh, really the uh, outline of what happened this past week when I took him hunting. Here we are. We finally get settled in the blind. That's him in the corner, a handsome little guy. We're ready. He's got his snacks. We're killing Bambi, right? And so this is 10 minutes later. <laughs> 10 minutes. And then I look over and I'm like, what, what, if, what if the deer comes? I mean, the one... 75 points, right? He walks right in front of me. If I fire off a shot when my boy's sleeping, it's going to scare him. He'll never get in a hunting blind again. And so I put ear protection on him, right? And then two minutes later, he threw them off on the ground and fell asleep in his lap. I, listen, this was, and he starts looking. He starts snoring. I didn't know he talked in his sleep. He sings in his sleep. He starts rustling around. He starts kicking things over. And I'm like, if there's a deer inside, within 100 miles, it ain't coming anywhere near us. And then three of them walk out right underneath our hunting line. 
He's laying in his lap. I'm there and I've got my rifle. And I'm like, I want my boy. I brought this so he could see this, so he could be a part uh, of this. And so, so I grab Bennett and, and I start shaking him. Nothing. He's gone. He, he's out till the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. He's ready. He's going to sleep all night. And so I keep trying to wake him up. So finally, I, I grab him by the back of his neck and I lift his head up. And I let go and he falls back down. He's like, well, this is terrible. And so finally, I get his neck up and I'm poking him in the side. I go, Bennett, wake up. And you know how sometimes when you wake up, you, you get real shaky. <laughs> like you've just been woken up. You're startled a little bit. So I finally get him awake. And he stands up in the hunting blind, which... Oh, you can't do with deer just 10 yards in front of. And he stands up, and not only is he standing up, but he's shaking everywhere. I was like, hey, buddy, listen. I, oh, there, there's some deer. Hey, hey, don't move. There's three of them right there. Well, then he sees the deer, and look, his adrenaline gets pumping. He don't even know what that means, but I saw it all over. He starts shaking everywhere. I'm like, don't move. He's like, okay, oh, nah. You know, he can't help it. And he's shaking all over the place. Well, the oldest doe in the crowd, she sees him. And so she starts... She looks right at it. I mean, and we're so close. We're about 10 feet off the ground. She's just right there. She starts stamping, taking her hooves, and she just starts ripping up the dirt underneath it. I mean, she's grunting, snorting every which way, and Bennett's just watching her. She's watching him, and he goes, Daddy? I was like, yeah. Is she going to climb up here? And I thought, that's a terrifying thought. I mean, I really hope not. I mean, I've got a gun, but buddy, I'm out. You're going to have to fight her, you know? And so, and so all of a sudden... She runs away. So here I was, and I was going to preach this. Here we were, mighty men, mighty hunters before the Lord. And Bambi got away. All I wanted to do was for my son to see her before she went home to be with Jesus. Man, she just took off. They said it'll be a while before we take the title back from Nimrod of the mighty men and the mighty hunters before the Lord. But you know what? That's all we know of him. Here in Genesis chapter 10, not much is said about him. But I want you to hear me. The rippling effects of his life and his choices are seen for generations. But I want you to hear me. We got an ambitious leader in Nimrod. Undoubtedly an ambitious leader who establishes the largest kingdoms in some of the largest cities of the time. Babel or Babylon and Nineveh. But I want you to hear me. Just like it is on Facebook, just like it is on Instagram, not everything is as it seems. Not everything is as it seems. And that is true for Nimrod. Back to that Got Questions article I told you I used in our study. Let, let me tell you some things I found. That as the leader of the kingdom of Babel, Nimrod is connected with the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 6. According to the historian Josephus, Nimrod said he would be a revenged on God if he, meaning God, would have the mind to drown the world again. For that would be, for he would build a tower too high for the waters to reach. It's legend that Nimrod would say such a thing. And that he would avenge himself on God for destroying his forefathers. Wait a second. The reason God brought the flood is because everybody was sinful and wicked. And the only reason Nimrod's on the earth is because God's grace allowed him to be there. Hey, what arrogance. And oh, how God hates arrogance. What foolishness and all oh, the devastating choice to be a fool what idolatry of self and rebellion to God but hey not only did Nimrod found Babel 
But he also found in Nineveh too, another city that was just as rebellious and sinful and godless as their founder, Nimrod. So much so that God had to send kind of an inept prophet by the name of Jonah to preach to them via the luxury accommodations of a whale's gut. You see, Nimrod was known for what he did. Nimrod was known by his name, by what he built. But you know what? It does seem here that the apple really can fall far from the tree. Because here's what we begin to see. For it was said of Noah, this is the great granddad of Nimrod, watch this in Genesis 6, 9, that Noah walked with God. Here's what we know of Nimrod. Nimrod did not walk with God. Hey, listen, he made a pretty mighty name for himself. Nimrod, in fact, appears as characters in mythology and in many ancient cultures. He has shown up in the Hungarian, Greek, Arabic, Syrian, and Armenian legends. There's evidence that the Epic of Gilgamesh, this ancient Near Eastern account of this pagan account of the flood, that both that and the myth of Hercules can both find their origins in Nimrod's life. He lived a life that pointed people to himself, not to God. And by the way, it destroyed cities like Nineveh and Babel. He served as a pagan god to so many, a god, a little g. And it led to their death spiritually. In the end, Nimrod was a powerful, popular pagan leader in the ancient world. From him, legends and myths were birthed. Nimrod might have been a mighty man, but he was nothing compared to Almighty God. Nimrod seemed to have everything, but in the end of it all, it came to nothing. Why? Nimrod did not walk with God. Remember what Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? And if I could, if I could summons Nimrod back to take the stage today, you know how I think he would answer that question? It gained me nothing and lost me everything. Nimrod exchanged walking with God for being God in his own life, little G. Instead of building God's kingdom, he built his own. Instead of bringing life, Nimrod brought only death and the destruction to everything and everyone he touched. He bought into the lie that life was about him and for him and that he could have a happy life apart from God. I love what Greg Lowry tweeted not too long ago. He says, sometimes people think Christians live the most boring lives conceivable, but the fact is that the happy life is the holy life, the life lived for God. You know what Pastor Greg's saying there? The real life is in walking with God. Hey, can I make this statement? And if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. And that is this. What matters most in this life and eternity is who you walk with. It's who you walk with. Don't believe me? Ask Enoch. A couple days before I read about Nimrod in chapter 10 in our Bible reading plan, I read about Enoch in chapter 5. He too was a welcome disruption or break in this genealogy list that covered the ten generations from Adam to Noah. 
Listen to what the Bible says about him. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God. And this is the first time we've seen somebody walking with God since the garden and Adam and Eve. That was one thing sin stole from them, and yet we see it redeemed here that Enoch is walking with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God up here for 300 years, and he was not, for God took him, and Enoch was no more. I remember hearing a pastor talk of this moment. And he said this, picture in your mind, if you will. Enoch walking with God in the coolness of the evening, just as night and day are meeting and lengthened shadows begin to fall across the earth. Together they walk, speaking, communicating. One, the created, the other, the creator. Together they walk. And as they walk, Enoch's life pleases God. Daily this walk takes place. It takes place in the chill of winter and in the heat of summer. Enoch daily walks with God in the freshness of spring and the drab foreboding of fall. And then one day, as Enoch walked with God, as they walked together, and as the sun slowly sets, Enoch notices that he has traveled far from home and from his family and possibly says to God, God, I did not realize we walked together such a distance away from my home. Should we not turn now before the deep darkness of night falls? And God, potentially hearing the words of this man who had pleased him with his very life, said, no, Enoch, let's continue our walk. Tonight, I would like you to go home with me. And together, God and Enoch walked and continued to walk this very day. Hey, perhaps that is how it happened or something like it. But let me tell you something. The most important truth in this text is not that Enoch was no more, but that Enoch walked with God. Perhaps the most important phrasing in all the Bible. I want you to notice there is nothing in the text in Genesis 5 about Enoch being a mighty man or a mighty hunter before the Lord. For all we know, he's just an average guy and an average hunter. But, you ready? Enoch walked with God. Hey, come to think of it, isn't that exactly how God designed us? Isn't that exactly... Why he created us to walk with him. And yet, sadly, we know this to be true. There have been many who have walked away from God. Many like a man by the name of Nimrod. A lot is made of the fact that Enoch was taken by God into eternity without the sting of death. Made a really cool part in the text. But what amazes me is that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. 300 years. Not 300 seconds, which is five minutes. Not 300 minutes, just five hours. Not 300 hours or 300 days. Listen, for 300 years. Guys, I'm going to tell you, there are some days I struggle with 300 seconds. There are some days it's hard for 300 minutes. 
And yet Enoch walked with him for 300 years. Even uh, Enoch made it into the great hall of faith. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Hey, can I tell you what's interesting to note about this list in Hebrews chapter 11? Hey, guess who didn't make it? Old Nimrod. He didn't make the list. But Enoch did. I noticed something in Genesis 5 and Hebrew 11 when it talks about Enoch. I, I, no, I noticed that neither of those texts said when Pastor Enoch or when church staff Enoch or when Minister Enoch or Deacon Enoch or Bishop Enoch or Pope Enoch. No such title was given to him. He was simply Enoch, simply a man who walked with God. Rick Warren said it this way, we are made by God and for God. And until we understand this, life will never make sense. Enoch realized that he was made by God. He was made for God. He realized this. And so he walked with God. And that's why his life made sense. I want you to hear me today. If you are here and your life doesn't make sense, Life just doesn't seem to make sense. Maybe you ought to try just walking with God. Maybe give walking with God a chance. You know, in a genealogy with Enoch that descended into this downward spiral of sin and death generation after generation, Enoch is clearly counterculture. He stands out from the crowd as a beacon of hope and a beacon of life. Why? All because he walked with God. But Anthony, what does walking with God look like? Well, let me give you some things. If you're taking notes, this is a good place. You ready? Walking with God must be personal. Hey, did you know that no one else can walk with God for you? Like Enoch, you must find your joy, your identity, your purpose, and your hope in God by walking by faith in Jesus. Walking with God must be personal. You ready? Walking with God must also be purposeful. Hey, you gotta walk with God on purpose. Walking with God just doesn't happen. you got to purposely read His Word, purposely talk with Him through prayer, purposely spend time with Him, purposely obey His Word. you got to purposely invest your family's life in a local church serving, joining some Bible study groups, purposely share the gospel, purposely help others walk with Him. To, you see, walking with God must be personal. It must be purposeful. And walking with God must be a priority. What you prioritize can be clearly seen by where you put your time, your talent, and your treasure. Walking with God takes all three. Walking with God is not a priority to us if we do not spend any time, utilize any of our talents, or invest any of our treasure into walking with Him day by day. Hey, and by the way, for the parents and grandparents out there, if you are not prioritizing walking with God, there is a high probability that your spouse won't and your kids won't either. What you prioritize, your family will prioritize. 
Here's the last couple things about walking with God. It must be personal. It must be purposeful. It must be a priority. And let me tell you, walking with God is profitable. It is profitable. If I could bring Enoch back today and he could stand here, he would testify to you that walking with God is the most profitable investment he ever made in his life. For he had the greatest ROI, return on investment. By the way, that return, God himself. But listen, walking with God was not only profitable for Enoch, but it was profitable for his family as well. I read in an article here recently this statistic, that if you have a lost family with a mom and dad and kids, if that dad were to give his heart and his life to Jesus, there's a 93% chance that his entire family, his wife and his kids, will place their faith and trust in Jesus. If a dad will walk with God, there's a 93% chance that his family will walk with God. Hey, can I share something with you? Walking with God changes marriages. Walking with God changes families. Walking with God changes people's lives. You see, because Enoch walked with God, his family was never the same. His family was never the same. We see this in the fact that the Bible tells us that his great-grandson, Enoch's great-grandson, was walking with God in a world wearied and waylaid by sin. His grandson's name? Noah. And let me remind you, just in case you forgot from the beginning of the message, what the Bible says, and that is in Genesis 6-9, I can't find the sign, says this, that Noah walked with God. That Noah walked with God just like who? His granddad did. And guys, when you, when you walk with God personally and purposefully, make it a priority, seeing in it the profitability of it, walking with God becomes the most powerful thing, the most powerful thing you can do in your life. In Christ, walking with Jesus, remember this believer, is not an option, but a matter of joyful obedience. Paul would write the Colossian church and write this, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so what? Walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Watch this in 1 John 2, 6. He who says he abides in Jesus ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. And then I read a chapter like John chapter 5, and I realize this, that Jesus... God the Son, who clothed himself in flesh while he was here on earth, walked with God the Father. And my mind is blown. And I got to thinking, if walking with God was important for Jesus, how much more should it be a matter of life and death for those of us who name his name? Walk with God. So here's my challenge. Simple for the new year. For 2023, number one, don't be a nimrod, walk with God. That has a ring to it, don't it? Don't be a nimrod, walk with God. And here's the second challenge, help others walk with God. You ready? Raise up some Noahs in your marriage, your kids and your grandkids, where you work, where you go to school, and raise up some Noahs. I got to thinking after this week and studying this message. You know, it doesn't much matter if I'm ever going to be known as a mighty man. 
It doesn't much matter if I'm ever seen as a mighty hunter before the Lord. What matters is that I walk with Jesus. You know what matters most to my wife about my story? Is that I walk with Jesus. You know what matters most to my kids? Is that their daddy walks with Jesus. You know what? I've not met my grandkids. My oldest daughter's 10, right? I got a little bit of time. Man, but I love them already. I love them. They're my favorite. And what's going to matter most to them is that their granddad walks with Jesus. Church, don't be a Nimrod. Like Enoch, walk with God by faith in Jesus. All because Jesus himself walked to a cross one day. So that by bearing our sin and our shame, by his death we may have life, and by his empty tomb the opportunity to walk with God by faith in Jesus. Walk with God. This last week, uh, my assistant put a, a check stub in my mailbox. I don't deal much with the finances at all at Connect Church. But every so often, there's an act of kindness that's done that's brought to my attention. And I got this check stub in a, in a, uh, a company by the name of Dillers Warehouse Corp. in Knoxville wrote a pretty large check to Connect Church's five-year vision. Man, I was so grateful, just blown away by it. And that's not what really blew me away all the more. Because on this check stub, the owner of the company wrote this note. He said, for five-year vision fund, in honor of Joey Andrews, incredible young man, his godly example is so admired and needed here at his work. We are blessed to work with him. And you might in your mind go, well, who's Joey Andrews? Well, he's a lead deacon here at Connect Church. He stood on this stage and ran back to that soundboard because every Sunday morning, he works his tail off, gets here early, drives in from Knoxville, just so that you can hear this beautiful voice. He leads quietly as a lead servant in the life of our church. I read this and so I immediately called the owner of Dealer's Warehouse. By the way, Joey, I didn't ask Joey's permission to share this because I didn't really want it. I, I just, because he would say no. I called his, his boss and I said, man, thank you for your gift. But thank you just as much for what you wrote. And almost in tears, I listened to a man I've never met, I do not know, who owns a big company up in Knoxville almost in tears, talk about the impact that Joey has had as a man of God on his company. I got off the phone with him. I took out the check stub, and I read it again, and here's what it said to me. Let me sum it up. Joey Andrews walks with God. You see, walking with God is not just showing up to church. Walking with God is not something that's accomplished just by coming to church. It's when tomorrow morning you get up and you clock into work. It's tonight when you go home to your spouse and your kids. That is where you and I see if we truly walk with God. Hey, let me ask you something, church. Are you walking with God? Let's pray together, can we? And as we pray together,
You know, this is one of those messages I don't really have to preach too hard because we all get it if we're in Christ. But I'm going to tell you something. There's been a lot of us in this room who have not walked with God for some time. I mean, I know what it's like to not walk with Him. Hey, I, I know what it's like to work with Him and at times not walk with Him, neglect that time with Him. I'm going to tell you, it's an awful place to be. But you know what? I believe this today. That there's some believers in here who goes, you know what? Man, it is time that I walk with God. It is time that I walk with God. And it's got to be personal. It's time that I walk with God. And it's got to be purposeful. I've got to do it on purpose. It is time that I begin to walk with God. That I make a plan to do it. That I make a promise to do it. Because it's powerful. It is profitable. And it's what he made me for. And you know what? Listen, I know the excuses. Hey, can I tell you, there's a thousand reasons not to walk with God. There's a thousand excuses not to. And I get them because I've used most of them. But you know what? As a son and a daughter of God, with the thousands of excuses, His love and His grace and His forgiveness and His mercy and His grace, all of it, His compassion, man, Jesus is the one reason to walk with Him. But Anthony, you don't understand how busy I am. Man, listen, can I tell you something? I get this all the time. I know, Pastor, you're busy, and, and I hear from you how busy you are. Hey, you ready? Can we just all agree? Man, we're all busy. And stop using that as an excuse. Man, we're all busy. And you know what? Let's walk with God together by faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you're here, if you're a believer, and it's been a while since you walked with God, or maybe you've been walking with Him and you want to commit anew, here's what I want you to do. I want you to let Him know. I want you to cry out to Him. And say, you know what? God, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to do so. I'm going to make it personal. Now I'm going to be purposeful in it. I'm going to make it a priority. Because it is the most profitable and the most powerful thing I can do. Not only in my life, but in the lives of those I love and impact. And so I wonder if believers right now would simply commit, hey, I'm going to walk with God the rest of this day. Let Him know, hey God, today... I'm going to walk with you. And then I want to challenge you to do something until we meet again next Sunday. And that is, I want you to get a, a post-it note. Maybe write something on a notepad in your phone that simply says this. I will walk with God today. And every morning you get up, I want you to read that. And I want you to say it out loud that I will walk with God today. And then you know what? Do it. Do it. And as believers in the room are just kind of, man, I believe some of you are just committing anew to walk with God. There may be somebody here who's never walked with God. That's not part of your story. It's just not what you do. And yet you look to Jesus today. No matter where you've been, what you've done, He loves you and He desires you. And you know what? He sends out the invitation. Hey, let's take a walk together by faith.
Hey, believer, can I tell you the, the invitation of all invitations today for you, believer, who maybe has stopped walking with God, and that is this. It's God saying to you, hey, let's go for a walk today. <laughs> Every day. Hey, let's go for a walk today. And for those of you who are here and you have never walked with God, by faith in Jesus you can today. Like a precious lady who sat in the back in the earlier service. If you're here and you've never walked with God, but you want Jesus to save you, and you want to walk with him, cry this out from your heart to his. Dear Jesus, Anna, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please save me. I place my faith and my trust in you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for rising again. I give you my life. Would you help me turn from my sin and myself? Jesus, I will follow you. And when nobody looking today, Zach's up on stage, but he's, he's got his head back. He's praying while he's playing. But when nobody looking around today, hey, if you prayed that with me, can I ask for the great honor just to see you? Now listen, I will not come to you and I will not embarrass you. I just want to see you. Even if I don't know your name, I, I, I can see your eyes and I want to pray for your face. I want to pray for you. If you prayed that with me, would you look over here just one second? I, I see you. I see you. Thank you for looking up. God bless you. Somebody else, it's me. I see you in the back. Somebody else, amen, I see you, buddy. Hey, thank you for looking. Thank you for looking. Somebody else, that's me. And I'm going to walk with God by faith through Jesus for the first time in my life today. And that's me. Anybody else? Oh, man, how we celebrate those of you who looked up. And I'm going to tell you, if you looked up at me, there's a number on the screen. If you text your first name to that, it goes to my desk, and I'm going to call you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to do whatever I can to help you take your next step. So I'd encourage you, if you looked up at me, shoot us a text. Stop by the Next Steps 10 on your way out. And there, let them know you pray with Pastor Anthony. They're going to get your info. And I want to call you this week. We got Bibles for your resources to help you take whatever next step. And oh, how we celebrate what God is doing in your life. Or you can come find me right after the service. Hey, church, can I get you to look up just for a moment? Hey, first Thank off, you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.